0: This week's episode has a content warning for suicidal ideation, child abuse, racism, and ableism. Please take care when listening. Hello everyone, welcome back to our channel. We're doing a Patreon submissions episode today. I've heard that you guys like those. I've heard a rumor from your (laughs) (laughs) mouths.
1: What's that? This is a galvanina. It's like sparkling juice, basically. Okay. So it's like it's giving soda, but it has real juice in it. So it's like not good for you. There's like a lot of sugar, but it doesn't have like red dye 40 and stuff. But I thought that this was the red grapefruit one, which I really like because it's like very sour and it reminds me of Sour Patch Kids. What is that? It's
0: orange, tangerine, and prickly pear. Ooh, I hope it's good. I'm drinking a Diet Coke out of the cup that I got when I went to see. I don't know if this is from Beyonce or Taylor Swift, but one of the queens.
1: Every time football is being played on my TV and it's at SoFi Stadium, I think about you.
0: I've been there for two very special days.
1: My boyfriend can't get over the picture of you crying at Taylor Swift. He shows it to me all the time. It's a photo. This is the funniest thing. I'm 99% sure that that photo's in his group chat, so I'm going to apologize for that.
0: I'm so mad that nobody got a good picture of me. Well, I was only with one person at Beyonce, but I was also losing my shit. I don't know. There's something a concert that really drives me to an emotional high i think it's because i'm gonna psychoanalyze you right now okay so i think it's
1: because like you really value connection with other people like that's something that scratches an emotional itch for you positive and negative like you get really hurt if a connection is bad and you like having a good connection makes you really happy So I think because it's such a collective experience, you just kind of get overwhelmed because you're not used to connecting with that many strangers at one time.
0: No, that's such a read. Also, this is is not as
1: good as the (gasps) grapefruit one. It's good, but it's just not as good.
0: There's nothing like when you really want something and then you get something that doesn't hit.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, if I had come home today and realized it was the wrong flavor, I would have gone and laid in the street. Thankfully, I realized right when I got home from the store and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll try these. But, like, if I had been fiending for grapefruit soda all day and then I got home and it was this, I, like, we would have canceled. That would have been a wrap. We're done.
0: Wrap it up, everybody. Everybody go. Okay. Well, now that we have our respective drinks, I just am drinking pickle juice. I love that.
1: I I didn't (laughs) even feel the need to comment on it. It's so good. What kind is that? Is that a spear or a... Lice. Clausen halves.
0: I don't buy those. So I usually don't, but they were out of the Spears. But I think I will continue to buy them because they're more... They got more going on. I don't know what it is, but they're better than the other shapes. Clausen's my favorite. Well, yes. Remind me. Are you a... Are you a... What's the Grillo? What's your stance on them? I hate Grillos. They put grape leaves in the brine. That's why you hate it. Thank you for figuring that out. See, you are the fucking master of figuring out the ingredient that we don't like i mean it is heinous and my daughter likes them so the past couple days my husband has given her one because she is obsessed with pickles as she should be very proud of her but she smells like grillos and i'm like laying with her putting her to bed and i'm like get this grillo pickle out of here. Oh, it is pungent. I wish that
1: Clausen would make the like pickle salsa that Grillo makes because that I think is a really good format for a pickle that we have been ignoring, Mm -hmm. but I don't like their specific pickles. I guess we could DIY that one.
0: We'll put that on the list of things to make when we get our Airbnb.
1: Exactly. Literally, I want to get an Airbnb on Jeffree Star's Montana property. (laughs) Oh.
0: Oh my God. Do you think he'll be there? Wait. I have like, an I an just idea. want to say that sentence. Okay. I have
1: an even better idea. Okay. We buy one of those houses where they send you every piece and you put it together like Legos. Yeah. And then we own an Airbnb on his property.
0: <laughs> we like bring it all
1: in the in the dead of night. And then we put it on Airbnb. and We're like, exclusive
0: Jeffree Star experience <laughs> starting at $1,000. <laughs> Do they have squatters rights in Montana or wherever the Probably not. Is? Probably uh, not. It probably in
1: the law in Montana is like intruders can be shot on site. Intruders will be shot on site. You get arrested if you don't shoot the,
0: the intruder. It's so against the law to let them be there. I in California, you can just you have to let them stay. So their spot. Now, finders keepers. Let's bring back the finders keepers to our laws. They're like, they've
1: been here and they're doing great. So like I don't care that it's your living room
0: they're like you just have to make it so inhospitable that they leave they're like have you tried a squirt (laughs) bottle oh geez okay well we're gonna read you some beautiful tales we've gotten you guys must have really missed talking to us some people are motherfucking going
1: through it it seems i know
0: but i will say last month was october and we know that october for teachers is not cute so it's like
1: the pit of despair month because Most people don't get any days off. No, and I don't like March either for the same reason. Yeah, March is a rough one. It's like that middle of the semester Mm -hmm. because now October was rough for me, but now my school is just so, so, so unhinged (laughs) that I like kind of can't be having a bad time.
0: (laughs) You have to hold it together. You're like Kim Kardashian. Because the vibe is just like really erratic. What was up with your principal showing TikToks today? (laughs) Oh, no, that wasn't my principal. (laughs) That was our testing coordinator,
1: and she... She's trying to bring some levity to the situation. I love, I love her. Love, love, it love It seemed her. awesome. I was the only one that laughed. I felt really bad. <laughs> Everyone else, I felt so bad for her because, so she showed this boring video. Well, it was like the government trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It was like what not to do while you're administering tests. And it had a teacher just like grading papers, talking on the phone, going in and out of the room, like talking to the kids about the test. It was literally in the meeting. She goes, as you all know, we cannot grade papers during standard. Testing. And I was like, yeah. Yes. As someone who
0: knew that, I could not agree more. <laughs> I did not know that. I've gotten out of standardized testing twice. Anyways, go ahead. That's impressive. I know. She showed that video, and I guess the government
1: didn't give her like a what to do video. So she showed one of Miss Chang's videos where it was like her walking around the room and it was like her just thinking to herself but like she didn't have a phone or anything she was just thinking stuff and it was funny and she showed it to show like walking around the room and being active But the, on the video, it said like POV, you're proctoring a standardized test. And I just felt bad because like when you and I see a video and it says POV, you're proctoring a standardized test, we know exactly what that means. It's like, we're looking in on that moment, but that didn't really land with the community that was in that meeting. So like I was with her and literally in my seat at the back of the room, I was like, I get it. And I'm laughing. And she was like, thank you. And I was like, it means point of view. So we are having the point of view of seeing her. And then, you know, when you have to over explain and then it's not fun. It was she tried and I appreciated it.
0: She was probably in the room with the people that have been watching my Facebook videos. Because I was, I was like, they wanted to understand. You could just tell that yeah. like, that's just not they just couldn't like an area. They don't have brain rot.
1: No, like the, I was like, you guys like put in a crossword puzzle and you would body me. Oh, yeah.
0: Like <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to say ratio on Facebook the other day. And then I was like, that's too. Far. There ain't a soul here that's gonna know what that means. Today I
1: caught a kid on Facebook. That was a first for me. They were on their phone when they weren't supposed to be, and I looked and I said, Why are you on Facebook?
0: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I was like, Whoa. Are you checking your Farmville? Like, what's going on? I love Farmville. I haven't been playing my little games recently, and I really miss them. Anyways. I suppose we should do the work now. Should I go first or should you go first? You go first. Okay. Um. It says I hung up my lanyard for the last time today. No, girl, you can make videos and put your lanyard on. Put that lanyard
1: back on. Yeah. P-O-B. <laughs> Pick that, <shut> up. <laughs> Pav. That's what people said. They said, "What's pov?" You were in the trenches today. I love my school. <laughs>
0: like a fish out of water. I'm the uh, who entertains the king.
1: The court jester. The
0: jester. <laughs> It says, not really sure how to start this, but the only way out is through, so here we go. I never thought I wanted to be a teacher, but always knew I wanted to work with kids in some capacity, so I pursued my college education in child-adolescent development. Official title is a BA in psychology. Lo and behold, I find myself working post-grad with kids on the spectrum as an RBT, registered behavior technician, slash therapist. I did this for three years and loved it, but was itching to do more with little to no upward movement aside from becoming a BCBA, which I wasn't sure I wanted to do. I had worked in both a private clinic setting and ABA classroom program. While in the classroom setting, I realized I think I would like to be a teacher in a self-contained special education room. A fellow educator contact of mine shared with me the route to pursuing an alternative certification, so I looked into it. That summer, I found myself interviewing for special education teaching jobs, which I landed a role at a charter school so i immediately took it being so excited to get my own classroom been there queen you know
1: when you're uncertified so you accidentally exploit yourself i
0: was fully certified actually i was thinking about that the other day though and i was like everything weird that i do is from that school reggio is from that school the red blue purple voice shit that i do is from that school it's like when
1: you suffer in your lowest moments Maybe in a couple years, you'll be capitalizing off of this. You never know.
0: Um, the school year starts and I'm given access to my IEPs, most of which are for specific learning disabilities, which I have no experience in, especially as a first year teacher. I quickly learn that I won't be getting the self-contained room I thought I was getting myself into, but a small office space for pullout groups. Nothing too terrible, I will admit, as I know there's much worse. Aside from having no experience with how to teach SLD, I was given zero teaching materials or curriculum and had to come up with everything from scratch. Tail as old oldest as time. <laughs> On top of this, because in our state you can you can teach unlicensed at a charter school, and because of the alt cert I was doing, I could obtain certification while working in the role. My admin knew this and knew I was working on passing the praxis because I had no teaching background. I found the math praxis extremely difficult to pass, and eventually my admin called me down to tell me I had one last try to pass or they would fire me, despite the fact that I didn't need the cert to teach at this school at all, and we had plenty of other teachers, great teachers who weren't technically certified and some who even refused to get certified. It's just like r- raging against the man, but as a teacher, it's like, I'm not going to get certified. You can't make me and I won't. Well, I know one thing that people have done.
1: I don't know the specifics of this, so I know I'm going to butcher it. But in my last school... There was like something you had to do to be able to teach like a higher level course, like dual enrollment or something. But then if you had that, I don't know if it was like a degree or like an endorsement, it was something. But if you had that thing, they could also make you do admin stuff. So a bunch of people were like refusing to get that thing because then they would legally be allowed to like make the testing schedule and like do things <laughs> that they didn't want to do. So they were like refusing to go to their classes. And they were like, no, I do not want Want that like because the raise you got was only like a hundred dollars a year. So they were like, no, oh I'm not God. getting that.
0: The raises on the salary schedules are so insulting. We did that on this one one episode, right? Where we went through and it was like sixty dollars. Like literally, like sixty dollars from year to year. It's like, don't spend it all in one place. Yeah. My husband one year when we first started dating was like doing he was getting raises and His team was really frustrated because their raise to the next year was like $2,000 or something like that. And I was like, uh, my raise is $80. I would
1: probably cut the tip of my pinky off for two grand. Absolutely.
0: I don't exploit my child, but I exploit myself. They're like, this year our raise
1: was only 15%. Last year it was 20.
0: And meanwhile, the school system is
1: like, all right, so last year we gave y'all Nutter Butters. This year it's going to be Oreos. You're welcome. Big improvement. That's you your race. You do not
0: have to pay $5 this year to wear jeans on Friday. And everybody claps. Today my admin's like,
1: you guys can wear jeans coming up to the holidays. And I literally was standing there in yoga pants. And I was like, yes.
0: That's like at my first school where they were like, you can't wear open-toed shoes or jeans. So everybody wore denim overalls, denim jackets, and Birkenstocks. And they were like, well, they can't fire all of us. This is our right. school culture. You told me about this, the stock. Oh, I forgot we
1: did that episode. Birkenstock. That was so long ago. We were so young. 2023. We were so young. I knew so little. I wish I could go back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Come to find out that even though They had given me the chance to pass, which I thankfully did. They had posted my job anyway and kept it up for the remainder of the school year. Are they trying to light a fire under your ass by being abusive? Because that's what this sounds like. Maybe it's like a motivational
1: tactic to them. Maybe they think this is going to make you pass. And deep down, they know that they're not going to fire you anyway.
0: Yeah. And you're like, no, this is actually deeply traumatizing. But thank you for trying.
1: Somehow they figured out how to only, like, you were the only person that could see the job posting.
0: Like, it was only posted to your account. It's like, like. when you make your ex only see your story. <laughs> it's when you take everyone <laughs> off
1: of close friends. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My friend does that. She'll block every single person from seeing her story except
0: for her ex-boyfriend. I have always envied that power move, but none of my exes give a fuck about me. They didn't care if I lived or died when we were dating, so they do not watch my They're stories they not looking at your stories <laughs> they never did i've never You're had like they didn't me. watch their, my stories when we were together so. no they didn't they didn't give a shit about me so i've mm. never had like i've never had an ex like reach out and be like hey just thinking of you miss you like I, nobody misses me anyways <laughs> i miss you <laughs> My husband loves me very much and that's all that matters. And he can't miss he- you
1: because you're always around. So I actually, something came up on my memories that I really, 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 really wanted to post because it was really funny of me on Snapchat, like telling a story. But I like said too much identifying information and Shit. I don't have the technological skills to get rid of that. And I was literally wearing a school t-shirt because like <laughs> it was my private Snapchat
0: story. like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is the worst episode ever. We've just talked about nothing but really ADHD minutes. today. I'm sorry, okay, guys. Keep we, going. Just, we just missed each other. And you, obviously. Um, okay, so okay, so they listed your job. Even after passing the praxis in both special ed and general tests, I was still hit with roadblocks from the state, which prevented me from being offered a contract for this year. After ironing out the technicalities with the state, I was offered my contract back for this year we were starting off the year strong until a parent who was unhappy with the amount of services a child needed their services fell under our new special ed teacher who despite having years of teaching is also uncertified what is going on <laughs> and decided to dig into our no certification school. just vibes and decided to dig into our school and complain despite the fact that yet again we are allowed to teach at this charter school uncertified and the fact that i was pursuing certification because of this complaint my admin called me into the office to officially dismiss me from my role. Their reasoning is that the state has now said no one who is uncertified can teach specially designed instruction, which is what special education is. And because I was at the beginning of my cert, which takes three years to complete, I was told that I cannot teach until I finish that cert. When I pushed back, I was told that I could be blacklisted by the state if I tried to pursue teaching elsewhere. I asked for other positions and the only thing they had to offer me was a para position, which I am not above by any means. I love paras, I respect paras, we need paras, but it was a pay cut I could not afford to take. I don't know how much of what I was told was the truth, but I was extremely hurt because I grew so much, loved and did so much for my kids and truly felt like I belonged in the special education world. I was good at it, but it didn't matter. I was forced out, less than, and unworthy throughout my entire time here and felt like I had no other choice but to leave teaching altogether, all over something I didn't even do. I had no trouble finding a new job in human services, and despite my love for teaching, this experience has truly traumatized me, and as much as I'd like to go back one day, I don't know if I will. The and yikes i feel like the like uncertainty around the lack of certification is so frustrating for a lot of people because it's like the laws changing or there's a lot of gray area and it's like yes the laws changing all
1: the time is the biggest one for me because they a it takes a long time to get certified especially if you're doing it while you're teaching, because that means you're probably only in classes part-time. So it's probably going to take you an extra year as opposed to a lot of programs or one year if it's full-time. But like I've had a lot of friends in different states who were like in one program and then the requirements changed. So they had to do a different one yep. or they were in one program and then they extended a deadline. So they like, went out of the program and rejoined later. So like being an uncertified teacher sounds like a really scary word. And in some ways it is. But then when you really look into the details of it. It's just so weird and nuanced and changes all the time. You can be teaching for 30 years and oh I forgot to fill out this one form and my certification lapsed. Now I'm uncertified. And it's
0: different from state to state. So
1: different. Like in some states if you have a pulse and a college degree they'll give you classroom keys and then in some states it's like Nah, you better have a master's degree, you better have student taught, you have to pass the praxis, and they have like a million requirements. Yeah, and
0: they like they, they just changed them in California to like make it easier to get into teaching. And it's so frustrating for people who like are first-year teachers because it's not like they ever sit you down and teach you this.
1: Yeah, like no one's really there to guide you through it. And if you are a new teacher, and you need to be guided through it, most districts do have someone who that is their job. But it's usually one person for the whole district. So they're not going to reach out to you. But if you reach out to them, they can probably help you. So just call HR and be like, hey, girl boss, do you have anyone who is overseeing certification? I have questions and they should help you. And if your district won't help you, usually the state Department of Education will help you.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Because otherwise, like, you just won't know.
1: Yeah. In my experience, in two states, no one ever, ever, ever reached out to me to explain but if I was proactive and found them, they would explain and like broke it down and was very helpful.
0: Yeah, because like I don't know, you don't want to waste time doing it wrong too. We had a submission recently. If that happened to someone, they said yes, that their, and they went to the district. The-, the district person gave them that program. So
1: maybe go to the state. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> Yeah. Cautionary (laughs) tales. But that sucks. I'm sorry that you went through that. You feel like settle in and you feel good about a place. Then it's like, it's like, we lied. We lied. We were just kidding. Do you have? Yes, I have one from the email. Here we go.
1: I love, love, love your email subject line. The malicious pooper and finding better. Incredible. So, hi, y'all. Fifth-year teacher here, and I'm sorry this is long, but there's a happy ending and a lesson to be learned here, I swear. After a traumatizing student teaching experience with 11th graders, I started my first year of teaching in fall 2019 at a middle school in one of the largest districts in my state. My commute was almost an hour long each way, but it was the grade level I wanted, and the school seemed fine when I interviewed. Spoiler, it was not fine. Also, middle school was the grade level you wanted?
0: A glutton for punishment. No, literally.
1: And I, I will grant 11th graders can be really traumatizing. So sorry about that.
0: They're so tall and so scary sometimes. They make fun of you when they work in a pack.
1: Sometimes when I look around the room and realize I'm the smallest person in the room, I'm like, ooh. It's when they're all standing up. When they're all sitting down, I don't really think about a it. mutiny
0: is very possible. Like-
1: okay not only was that first year difficult for all the typical reasons but it ended abruptly in March due to COVID I experienced a lot of terrible things that first year including bullying from my coworkers very little support from my administration and an instructional coach slash new teacher liaison who told me she wasn't gonna help me because I was too needy like girl it's literally your job to help me but okay
0: I hate that people that it's their literal job to help you and then they make you feel like a burden it's like thanks I already feel dumb I already feel like a fish out of water and you're supposed to be here to help me. Like I
1: hate that. There's just so many different ways to handle that. Like I get it. I'm trying to put my mind – in the space of an instructional coach where a teacher will not leave you the fuck alone and like I get that you have stuff to do and them coming to you every five minutes is not that realistic but maybe instead of being an asshole and saying that the person's too needy you could be like how about we set up two days a week to sit down and we can just do everything at one time that you need like there's better ways to respond than just being like "Hmm, this is hard you're blocked
0: also like you could address the underlying issue like why are you feeling this way like what can I like that's what my instructional coach did that I loved she um was so like slow down yeah we need to take a step back because she could see the trees in the forest when sometimes all I could see was the forest you know what I mean yeah Anyway, sorry that pisses me off continue so to
1: top it off I had a student in my class who would maliciously poop his pants multiple
0: times a week pa- once again Wait. this is middle school I'm so confused so
1: the pooping escalated to the point where it was happening multiple times a day my admin would not intervene until my team provided proper documentation parent contacts and appropriate interventions since the kid was not on an IEP or 504 needless to say the janitor hated our team because he was constantly having to clean poop off of chairs in our classroom really really valid criticism on his part Despite all the literal shit that happened, I ended up renewing my contract for next year out of fear that I couldn't find a job because I had been made to feel like I wasn't a good teacher and no one else would want me. I stayed there for three more years because I bought into the lie that it's like this everywhere. Fast forward to last school year, things had gotten much better. I was in several leadership roles in my school and had an incredibly supportive assistant principal who had my back 100% of the time. Unfortunately, this is also when things started to unravel across our entire school and district. Multiple times throughout the year, the payroll department forgot to do their jobs correctly, so we were paid late. Ooh, you cannot mess with people's money. People will quit. Staff members at my school got into physical altercations with students, but were not fired because, quote, well, we're in a teacher shortage. I always thought that was the one thing that could get you. I feel like we've said that multiple times. Yeah.
0: Unless you hit a kid.
1: You're not going to get fired. But apparently, even if you hit a kid holy at this school shit
0: if somebody hit jay what is the
1: admin even saying are they like well it was with an open hand not a closed fist so
0: i would lose my fucking mind i feel
1: like if i ever had kids i would end up homeschooling because i'm such a fucking control freak like i would look at one worksheet i didn't like and be like mm.
0: i am a fucking maniac
1: you're like the gentle parent is for the workplace <laughs> this is my personal life <laughs>
0: Please. no way oh okay. and the other thing they said before you continue is that It's like this everywhere. Have you heard that too? Because that like I've been told that over and over again. And it's just not. It's such a bullshit gaslighty
1: thing. There is some semblance of it's like this everywhere. There are some things that like a lot like okay, so it's like this everywhere in a lot of schools struggle with effective communication. Like I've noticed a lot of schools because teachers are not professional organization runners and teachers are who become admins so they really don't have the training on how to effectively create calendars create email groups send out things like that's a common issue another common issue not having supplies but things like this it's not like that everywhere
0: no (laughs) that's right like every no workplace is perfect like you need to find the workplace that has the kind of crazy that you can deal with but hitting kids and being like there's a teacher shortage
1: yeah so. I've taught at two to two schools and neither one they were hitting the kids no
0: uh we had one guy who broke up a fight and got fired I by.
1: had a friend who taught at an elementary school that was in a very tight-knit community so a lot of the people that worked at the school were related to the kids most of the security was related to a lot of the kids it was just like a very different vibe oh. and they would take kids into the bathroom and hit them there wait
0: their their own kids or other people's
1: kids? Both. But like it was just kind of normalized because it was like, oh, I'm best friends with your mom. Oh, I'm your aunt. Because the boundaries had been so like enmeshed and so blurred, it was not just parent to child. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm <laughs>
1: Anyways. Okay, so I ended up staying there for three years because I bought into the lie. Oh, wait, I already stopped here. So they were not fired because well, we're in a teacher shortage, I had to cover over 30 classes in a single semester because no one wanted to come to work and because people kept quitting mid-year. Well, yeah, you don't pay them. That's what's going to happen. Fights happened daily in the hallways and I was pushed, shoved, and ran into multiple times during the chaos of passing periods. I was having panic attacks daily and crying on my commute to and from work. It was so terrible. I finally decided enough was enough and moved to a new school this year. I'm absolutely thriving here and have been embraced by the school community from the beginning. For the first time ever, I have an instructional coach who is excited to help me plan my lessons and find new tools to use in my classroom. He even lets me spiral in his office when I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and has been a constant source of support and positivity from the moment we met he's basically my emotional support co-worker at this point that's literally their job so good I'm also lucky to have administrators who have my back and genuinely care about my well-being. The best part for me is that I haven't had to witness any violence at all this year between students and no poop in my classroom. I'm no longer crying on my commute, and I'm actually excited to go to work every day. I finally feel like I'm getting to enjoy this career. Not every day is perfect, but it is good. I'm glad I stopped believing the lie that every school is like my old one. Sometimes it does get better if you're brave enough to leave. Thanks for giving me a space to vent, even if you don't read this on the pod. Love you. Love you more.
0: Love you more. That was so cute. That is such a good feeling. Like, I remember laying in bed in the dead of winter and not wanting to get out of my bed, but thinking, you know what? Go get up and get dressed. You're going to feel so much better when you're with the kids, when you're at work. And I always did. And like, that is not the case when you're at a school that makes you feel like actually you shouldn't be crying on the way to your school. That's so sad.
1: Real girlies have cried on their commute. If you've never cried on your commute, I don't trust you. When I was working in corporate and I was working in Miami Beach, but I lived in Miami. So if you don't understand, there's like a little sliver of land that's Miami Beach. And then the land land is Miami. Oh my God, we're
0: getting... I love that now we're getting geographical locations. And so I used to have to drive over the
1: bridge every day, and I every day I would think about ramming my car off of it. (laughs) I'd be like, I could just fly my little Honda CRV into the ocean. And then sometimes there would be a cruise ship next to the bridge, and I was like, I wonder if I got enough momentum if I could crash into the cruise ship, because that would definitely be on the news.
0: So if you're, like, having suicidal ideations or, like, dreaming of driving your car and no a... I meant it in like a Vin Diesel way like I would live oh perfect okay <laughs> so this is in a cinematic universe of too fast too furious got yeah, it like I
1: would think about like flying my car off of the bridge and then landing on the cruise ship
0: nice and then you can just go and
1: then I would just go off to the Bahamas with a carnival cruise <laughs> and then I'd have my Honda once I got to the Bahamas to live and there and you don't
0: even have to rent a car <laughs> exactly hashtag life hack <laughs> oh my god I know I people like normalize that too where they're like oh yeah I wish that I would get sick so I would have reason to stay home and it's like if you're in that headspace that is bad yeah that's not a good sign but it does get better other places as our friend told us okay let's see this story is about my husband uh why he quit this very much abbreviated story is about my husband I haven't quit Yet. My husband is hard of hearing and he wears hearing aids and reads lips. He can understand other people pretty well, except when they are mumbling, they have an accent or not looking at him when they talk. He taught high school. He was put on an improvement plan. And one of the reasons his admin stated was due to a lack of proficiency in verbal communication. Oh my God. He quit because he didn't want to work for an administration that told a hearing impaired person to work on their verbal communication skills or else they would lose their job. P.S. You guys make me a little bit happier when I'm getting ready to go to war (laughs) work. (laughs) So thank you. Like, what do they want from him?
1: IRL subtitles, I guess. Oh my
0: God. I hate when we hear about
1: people committing like violations of like federal HR laws. I know. It really it really pisses <laughs> me off. It's a mess. And that's the other thing. Like just how I was saying like teachers become administrators and those people never get training in like email communication and calendars and stuff. Administrators also don't get training in, I was about to say human rights law, in human resource law and like employee Whoa. law and human rights law. And yeah. <laughs> But yeah. So like, I'm not saying that they're not at fault, but I am saying the system has been created to not effectively manage teachers as employees.
0: It like allows it and perpetuates it.
1: Yeah. Because it's like, even though districts have HR, you're not really interacting with HR. Like when you ask for time off, your principal is approving it. And like your school bookkeeper does a lot of the stuff for like your leave and sick time and stuff like that. And usually bookkeepers just, like, know what they're doing. But principals usually don't get trained on human resources laws and, like, when you're legally allowed to leave and stuff like that. So we're just letting people that have not been equipped to do their job (laughs) manage all
0: of this. Mm -mm, It just continues. It's like a snowball. Redacted is going to look for a story right now, but if you're not on the YouTube, you're really missing out because Redacted's hair is like really soft and shimmery looking right now. The light so is you gorgeous. say that
1: because my scalp itches so bad.
0: Your hair is so perfect. It should be against the law. Like, you bitch. I think God
1: punished me with having the itchiest scalp on the planet and was like, here's gorgeous hair to kind of like level that out. I'm going to one of those places where they like do a facial on your scalp and exfoliate it and do all of that. I'm very excited. Oh
0: my God. I want to go to one of those. I think they called them a head spa.
1: Yes. That's where I'm going. Oh
0: shit. I forgot those existed. I'm going to have to go. Okay.
1: Okay. I found one. Okay. So I have been back and forth for almost an entire year because technically I didn't fully quit. I love a teaching situation Yes. I love listening to the podcast and I look forward to listening every week. You guys make me feel less alone on my bad days of teaching and you made my Spotify wrapped. Yes! Uh, love Spotify wrapped. Thank
0: you all for sharing
1: your Spotify wrapped with us. We love. Warm our heart. During my third year of teaching, I taught middle school ELA at a charter school. I'd been at the same school since graduating college and had some issues in the past, but nothing too crazy. I was asked to be my grade level lead going into year three, and I was happy to take the position as it meant I would be paid extra. I was excited until I learned who the other teachers on my team would be. Two of them were teachers that had a reputation around the school for yelling at kids, not knowing how to use technology at all, and not doing their jobs. so either member of their teams had to pick up the slack, and generally just being unpleasant to work with. The other teacher was a career change and had never taught a day in her life and didn't even have her credential. I decided that I was going into the year with a positive attitude anyway. I had never worked directly with these teachers, so I figured I would give them a chance at least." Good attitude. To say that things became terrible pretty quickly is an understatement. One of the teachers missed every meeting and deadline and even forgot to put grades into the system. Our leadership had me do it because grades had to go in somehow. I also had to teach her how to use Google Docs, Calendar and Classroom because she didn't even know how to open a new tab on her computer and our school operates on G Suite. Very jealous you're at a Google Classroom school. So, you have that going for you. Yeah. (laughs) One of the other teachers came to school high every day and nobody ever said anything. What the fuck? How did you know? The career change teacher would stand in front of the room and talk while the class was just chaos. I'm talking kids running around, yelling, throwing things, playing video games on their computer, and leaving the room without the permission. I was tasked with teaching her how to teach middle schoolers while I also had to teach middle school. It's important to note that at the time, I was in a program to get an additional certification to become a specialist, so I was spread pretty thin. I lasted a few months like this, but my mental health was really suffering. Every day I went to work and felt like I was just putting out fires. By December, I had reached my breaking point. I wanted to quit, but I compromised and switched to a different grade level within the same school. It was a better team of teachers who had more experience than me and would be able to help me grow more as a teacher. Things were better for a while after the switch, but the behaviors in my new grade level, which was still in middle school, were awful. These kids were straight up mean to me and would mock me when I gave directions or tried to teach. There were boys who would make disgusting and sexually explicit comments about the girls in my class. I would report the things I heard, but there were never any consequences. At the end of the year, I was offered a specialist position that allows me to continue working with middle schoolers, but I don't have as many of the same stressors as a classroom teacher. I no longer have lunch duty, I don't have to do grades or report cards, and I don't deal with that many behavior issues. Our school leadership has also had some changes, so things have gotten better for me. There are days that I miss being a classroom teacher, but mentally I'm better now. I miss the relationships with other teachers because I don't feel like I'm as in it as I used to be, so I feel a layer of separation from everybody else. I'm still working hard to make sure I'm supportive of teachers and helping in any way I can. I'm just glad my mental health has improved and that I'm still able to be in the school in some capacity. I'm going to give you a hot tip about the boys making sexual comments about the girls. Um, I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but it's what I would do. What I like to do is, Is call their mom on speakerphone and say, hey, your son just said, and I'll say it word for word, I don't care, to this girl. Would you like to tell him what you think about that?
0: I like to give them their mom on the phone and say, hey, so-and-so wants to let you know what he just said. When I was teaching middle school, I had a kid that said like a bunch of sexual shit to other girls and then to me. And I was like horrified because I was a baby teacher. I had never taught in like a general ed setting. Why were you teaching middle school? When did that happen? It was a contractor position where like we would go into middle schools and teach theater during the day. Oh. But like we weren't a full time teacher. We were like brought in to do the specials class. We came to English classes. So we were teaching like Edgar Allan Poe. It was like a partnership thing. Greek stuff. Yeah. So when I was like horrified by this, they were like, hmm, welcome to middle school and like laughed at me. And I was like, yeah. he was like, that's oh, not that's illegal, I
1: think. Yeah.
0: And they were like, he welcome to middle school, maybe not welcome to middle school. Maybe let's assess the situation in this middle. school. I have not set foot in a middle school since <laughs> that's a lie. I went to another middle school and I got yelled at for being out of class. That was the last time I was in a middle school.
1: Not security yelling at you.
0: Okay. It says, I interviewed with the Head Start Department of my local ISD in the year of our Lord COVID-19. They were hiring family support specialists for the upcoming school year, and they let me know a few weeks later that they had offered the job to another Quotes, more qualified candidate. Around November, I received another call asking if I could begin in the spring semester as the person they had hired ahead of me was leaving for a better paying position due to her extra credentials. I was young and dumb and I accepted the position, anticipating a perfect fit and great success in this new work environment. For some weird, (laughs) for some weird payroll reason, I can't start until February, February and this ends up being pushed back to March after some questionable COVID management happens at my previous job the week that I'm scheduled to leave. I excitedly show up for all of my onboarding and background checking. They explained that despite my four-year degree, I would have to start at the base pay rate. However, there was a potential pay bump for each year served as an administrative assistant. Gotta love the values of the education system. I entered a regime in which almost all of the district leadership had been administrators or teachers or relatives of those people. At the elementary school, I attended 12 years earlier. I was a child described as a lot, too much, and intense. So needless to say, I am still working through some of the things that I experienced in primary school. No thanks to the teachers who watched it happen. And who are now my superiors. Yikes. Yikes. You got to get out of there. Yeah, bye. (laughs) Around a year later, campuses were redistributed in my department and my office was moved into an elementary that was basically a live PTSD flashback of my childhood. The vibe can only be described as stifling. The open concept (laughs) classrooms mean I can hear the teacher next door food shaming her kindergartners. And the socioeconomic area means the preferred form of communication is passive aggression. Oh, you're in the South, baby. (laughs) I am but a... Oh, I don't know how to say this word. What is it? I am but a janitor in the Panop
1: oh this is funny you're gonna be glad we looked it up it's the prison where there's like a little tower in the middle and they can see everybody
0: oh my god the gulag okay i (laughs) i still don't want to say it i am but a janitor in the panopticon witnessing the suffering of both guards and prisoners partaking in the american child prison prison education complex you are a listener of this podcast i can see why you like this one (laughs) but luckily by this point i had already lined up my next quote dream job So I'm really mentally checked out anyway. It's a great place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Near the end of the year, the principal stops by to drop off something and innocently mentions that she heard I will be leaving and what will I be doing? I excitedly tell her that I'm going to work more directly with children in a Montessori environment. She makes a face, and instead of keeping my mouth shut in the face of my indirect supervisor, who is also the wife of my son, wait, who is also the wife of the son of the assistant superintendent, I elaborated... (laughs) Mentioning that I was uncomfortable with the child teacher dynamic within the district. She kept pressing me for the specific details of my issues. Oh, I know this is the South. <laughs> <laughs> and the things that she could have done differently. So I brought up the presentation she gave at the beginning of the school year. She and the vice principal showed slide after slide of black and brown kids as examples of their why for teaching. The kids were all from the IS this ISD, the population of which is 70% white, the schools and... The photos were from were not even in the more diverse attendance zones and yet there was apparently not a single white student who had inspired them. They went on to describe how horrible their experiences had been. The kids were animals in quotes. But they persevered and at the end of the year they actually liked some of them. Aw, and that's what makes teaching so magical. I assume this is all facetious. Later in the presentation, the vice principal also used virtual blackface, gifts, and reaction images of black people with exaggerated emotions to make crude jokes about standardized test prep. I followed this description up with some further examples of racial discrimination I had witnessed during my time here. My work with low-income students had given me a front row seat to the classroom and favoritism that happened in the various systems throughout the district and the examples were numerous. Not 30 minutes later, we were both in her office with with my direct supervisor and her direct supervisor i'm three against one in what is cur- certainly an, an intimidation play no hr representative is present in fact when i had the opportunity to meet with hr at the end of the year they had never heard anything about it it is alleged that i quote attacked her and called her a racist my actions were deemed hostile and resentful i am told that in the future i should keep my opinions private even when asked about them I felt especially betrayed by my direct supervisor who claimed to have my back. She told me not to mention the events to anyone else and never asked to hear my side of the story. At this point, all I can do is cry and fawn. I even had to sign a document detailing my poor behavior. This was the first time I had been in any trouble for anything since being hired. By the end of this week, I have been removed from her campus and made to trade positions with another specialist. This in itself is rather unusual as they like to keep our campuses consistent for the families. I am told it is because the principal feels unsafe having me around. This story is almost three years old and I still have fucking nightmares about trying to pick up my things from the office after banishment. In my time since, I I worked in a corporate Montessori ECC before I was fired for trying to organize a call out only because we were going on our third month with no lunch breaks due to understaffing. That's not even my best story about that shit show. I'm nannying for a couple of families, making more and working less than I did there. So no hard feelings. Okay. Some hard feelings. <laughs> this morning I was accepted into the speech language pathology undergrad program I applied for. Yay. Woo. I've been in motivation limbo since I got fired a few months ago. So it's exciting to finally have a sense of direction again. That's nice. Oh. Way to fucking fight the man though. I love that. That's a lot. The worst part is that that person like asked and asked and asked. And then you finally are like, okay, well, here's why. And then they like, like freaks the fuck out.
1: Freaked out. <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Yeah, seriously. Okay. So, hi, frozen Redacted. So thankful for you all in this pod. I'm thankful for you too. Um, I feel like my teacher career has been anything but ideal. I graduated college in 2018 with my bachelor's in elementary education. The spring of 2018 was an intense time for educators in my state. West Virginia educators went on strike from February 22nd to March 7th, 2018, fighting for a salary increase and against rising health care cost. This was also right in the middle of my student teaching semester. Because of the strike, our end of year evaluations, observations, edTPA, et cetera, were just kind of accepted if they were completed. I was lucky enough to be placed at an amazing school with two incredible cooperating co-teachers who gave me great feedback and advice. I felt very confident by the end of the year. Fast forward to my first year as a real teacher and I'm teaching third to fifth math at a very rural school. I had 12 students in my third grade homeroom. It would have been a dream if I had a supportive admin. My principal was the type to hide in her office while family engagement events occurred. Literally locked her door and shut off the lights. There was also another strike that February. During my second year, I taught kindergarten at a larger school in the county. I had gotten an RIF letter. I don't know what that means. I'd gotten an RIF letter due to seniority and had to rebid on other positions in the county. Oh, I guess it's like my old district used to call it displaced.
0: Mine too. Like when you're at the bottom of the matrix and they bump you. Yeah, and they can't afford you. So reduction in force letter.
1: This position was posted a few weeks before the beginning of the year. I loved everything about kindergarten. It was a dream until. March of 2020, our county didn't have strict remote learning rules in place. I did enjoy Zoom meetings with my kindergartners every week just to check in on them and do a read aloud. My favorite part of the year was doing a drive-through kindergarten graduation and getting to see those babies one last time. Then another RIF letter comes. Fall of 2020, I taught fifth grade at the same elementary school, but it was for virtual students only. Our county still did not have a strict policy on how virtual learning would work. I would we- meet with my students twice a day. In the morning, we would do our ELA lesson, and in the afternoon, we would have a math lesson. Science and social studies were pre-recorded and posted for them to complete. I found myself spending a lot of time helping the rest of the teachers in the building with online classroom needs, and I really enjoyed that. My husband was transferred for work, so in January of 2021, we moved to the other side of the state. I was hired as a first grade teacher. You have been all over the map, grade level wise. I'm praying for you. You have probably never reused a lesson in your entire life. This was the year that I realized I had no idea what I was doing. I panicked. I'm not sure if it was COVID, a different county, or just lack of knowledge, but I felt like I could do nothing correct in the classroom. I spent a lot of planning periods at my desk just trying to keep it together. A position as an instructional coach was posted for the next school year. The official title was technology and curriculum specialist. Technology, yes, curriculum, sure, Coaching on how to be a teacher? Hell no. I needed that myself. I needed an out so bad, so I bid on it, and I actually got the position. I learned so much once I left the classroom. I was trained on Orton-Gillingham. I learned about number talks and strings, researched a based methodology, a passion fueled inside of me to learn as much as I possibly could and share anything with those around me. A lot of the time was spent helping teachers with Excel sheets, analyzing data, correcting printers, but occasionally I'd actually, I'd help someone with actual teaching practices. I started a math cadre in my county to support teachers in collaboration and best practices. I truly loved my job. However, I was working overtime trying to be the supportive person for other teachers that I'd never really had for myself. I was at a school with a principal who would bully her staff and students. I was called day and night for help from other teachers. I was spending more time at work than at home. Another job opened its doors this past summer. I am now working for a nonprofit. I'm in a support role for in-school and after-school programs that we have. It's similar to my coaching role, but way less stress. We have a lot of tutors who don't have education backgrounds. So I do miss geeking out on the science of reading and evidence-based practices, but having good work life balance is pretty nice. I didn't expect to leave public education at all, but I felt like this opportunity came at the perfect time. Would I go back? I think I would go back to the classroom to apply what I have learned. I would have to be so picky about where though. My criteria would be supportive admin, a lot of family engagement, fair pay, SOR based curriculum only, and the ability to have control over my own classroom. So not teaching in Florida. (laughs) I think I'd love to be an interventionist or try and redo my years as a kindergarten teacher. I feel like I need to redeem myself and prove that I'm actually able to teach. But The thought of going back into education the way it is now terrifies me. I'm afraid I'll never find a perfect school or a perfect scenario. Does it exist? If so, let me know where to send my resume if I ever decide to go back.
0: Yeah, we'll, look, we'll let you know.
1: If we are I will anything. let you know, girl. I will let you know. I have not found it, but I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for sending us submissions. I love reading about your experiences and commiserating with you. It's a very fun time. Send us more. Yeah, why the hell not? Well, you have to join Patreon. So that's one reason why the hell not. But you just got to once you join Patreon.
1: There's no reason not to join. I feel like the vibe of our Patreon is like, you know, like when you hang out, like you're a parent, like, you know, when you're at like a class, and you kind of talk to other parents, but like you're at the class, so it's not really like a social gathering. Our Patreon is like the first time that we go out for drinks together and everyone accidentally got wasted. You
0: know what? That's a really good analogy and she's right. It's like, I don't really know these people, but
1: I'm having a good time. I wish you guys would talk on Discord more. I need to put Discord on my phone. That's why I never talk on it because I never like think to do it. And whenever I'm on my computer I'm like doing something. It's
0: so difficult because the freaking link expires like after a certain amount of time. So I'll check the Patreon DMs and somebody will be like, hey, the link is dead again. And it's like, fuck. But I really want everybody to talk and be friends. Hang out with each other. Hang out and talk on there. I have another creator friend who does like a question of the day on Discord. Oh, Rebecca. She was on this podcast. Smart of her. What we should do one day when I
1: get more motivation, I'll do what I like to do with my students, which is would you rather questions
0: so fun
1: but I always give the kids like really like fucked up ones like the one we had the other day I found online and it said would you rather fight one duck that is the size of a horse or a hundred horses that are the size of ducks that's like
0: a classic reddit riddle
1: yeah yeah I love asking the kids
0: those. But what is your answer? We usually save our would you rathers for um, Patreon episodes, but in the spirit of togetherness.
1: I would rather fight the duck-sized horses because I think if I put on like Doc Martens or something, kicking would be a really effective method.
0: Horses are really big.
1: Yeah. Because like a horse-sized duck, I don't even know where to begin with that.
0: I would personally be in love. They're my favorite animal. I thought rodents were your favorite. Rodents were my favorite as a child. But since I've grown, otters and ducks are my two favorite animals.
1: Big fan of otters. They're vicious, but I like how they hold hands.
0: I did not do this jay's two lovies are both otters and she can say auto she's so close so she lays in bed at night and she looks for otter she goes "otto, otto."
1: i want my sister's baby to get better at talking because right now what he does kind of freaks me out He can only say mom, dad, and okay, but he says it like the way an adult says it.
0: Like, it's not like a baby voice. He goes like, okay. He is a man, though. He looks like a little man. He does. So it doesn't surprise me. Oh, you're wearing your Christmas merch. I am.
1: Oh my God. Show the people. Oh, I'll show the people. I meant to do this and then I forgot. All I want for Christmas
0: is a livable wage. Everyone go buy Redacted's merch. It's really cute. We
1: hope you all have a great day at work and that you don't dream of driving your car off of the highway on the way there or back.
0: And if you do, please make it be just the fast and the furious way and yeah. not in the sad way.
1: If you're idealizing being Vin Diesel, that's fine. If you're idealizing being dead, let's
0: talk about it. Yeah, we're here for you. We love you. Mwah. Mwah. Toodles. (laughs)